Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and Ike. Week 11 of the NFL season is here. And if you want to place a bet on the NFL action, bet online is the place to do it. Yeah, anything I want to bet on, I'm making sure I go to bet online. Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website. That's betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your bonus Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two time Super Bowl champion and 12 year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, I am very, very excited for today's episode. We've got not one, but two esteemed guests on today's show. Welcome in, my man. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. Uh, we got a former teammate of mine, a special guy. Uh, also, we he wrote a book, so he has a guy who helped him write a book. He's also a special guest. So right now, man, let's go on, get into it, because I just want to hear these two guys talk, uh, see how they've been, see what they've been doing, see their walks of life, and really how they just got together to come up with this uh, book that they call Walking Miracle. Please welcome in beloved Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier, and he is joined by his co-author Larry Platt. And fellas, I got to open up here. Ryan, at what point in this book writing process did Larry flex his credentials and say, hey, I'm a New York Times bestselling author? Uh, he, he didn't. He didn't flex that to me, but he he told me that it's, it's definitely a possibility that we can be one too. So, hey, I was just that's all I needed to hear, and and you know I just trust and believe in Larry, and and I feel like we came out with a great book. So so so, Mr. Larry, I'm a, if you want me to call you Larry, I can call you Larry. That's just how my mom and my family raised me. I gotta say, don't say Mister. My mom was gonna put soap in my mouth. So if you just want me to say. Larry, I say Larry, but I'm just used to saying the mister in front of it because I know my mom will be watching and she'll put that soap in my mouth. But right now, I think I'm too old for her to be coming in and wash my <laughs> soap. So let me know what's good for you, Mr. Larry. Hey, uh, uh, Larry, Larry's fine because I'm not Larry's used to fine. I'm not used to getting that much respect. No, nah, no. Nah, my mama always from the from the get go put some respect on the elderly person name. And, I, and that's something I got to do. And I, sometimes I say Mr. Tarana or Mr. <laughs> whatever I need to, but um, I'm glad to have Larry Platt on the show. He's highly underrated. I don't think he give himself enough, enough credit. I'm glad to have Ryan Dean 
Shazier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, y'all know him as Ryan Shazier. We call him Shay Shay. So uh, I want to get into talking about this book called The Walking Miracle. In between Larry and Ryan, y'all can go back and forth. What brought y'all together to, to, to come about with this book? So uh, I'm a, my agency is CAA. So I talked to CAA about me wanting to start writing a book. And I wanted to display my story and just the journey of me going through my spinal cord injury. And then, so they told me, I, I told them, I was like, I, I can write, but uh, if I wrote a book, it would probably be about 10 pages. It was like, <laughs> I, I played football, and then I got hurt, and then I got better at the end, you know? So basically, <laughs> so basically um, I asked them to help me find one of the, the best authors to help me tell my story. And they, they introduced me to Larry. Then I, I read over some of the books that Larry had written. And I just love how he made the story sound just like the person themselves. And it almost felt like, you know, you know, Charles Barkley wrote the book or uh, Stuart Scott wrote the book. And to me, that's how I wanted my book to feel. And Larry did that. And I'm, I'm really excited to be able to work with him. I have one question, though. I have one question. Ike, why you why you have a picture of you catching the ball you know you can't catch? Which one? <laughs> in, in, in That's per- right. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Someone, that picture? Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. no I'm talking about the picture you got in the in the in the middle of y'all two when you catching the ball. You can't catch. Oh, because I did I did something you didn't do. That was went two Super Bowls. Oh, so my I, God. I caught, oh my God. and I oh caught they called me playoff ice. I was catching I dropped them in a regular season, <laughs> but for the playoffs I catch them. So and I think I and I think I was hitting a little bit harder than you like an ankle no. tackle. So no, man, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> See, the way Ike describes it to me is like how Shaq would make his free throws in the playoffs. Ike would kept catch picks in the playoffs man. a lot like Shaq. The regular season, man, I won't catch nothing but find me in the playoffs. Now Shay Shay on the other hand, Shay has some hands. Like I got opportunity to to play by Shay. Like Shay Shay was an all around athlete, but I think you know, pound for pound, I was a harder hitter than Shay. Shay thought he was hitting some. Shay won't hit nothing. Shay won't do another shit that's fast. That's all he was doing. Hey, yeah, you're right. You playing linebacker and I'm playing corner. I'll let you do the hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. I mean, I read this book too, and it seems like every chapter, it's like, oh yeah, I had 15 tackles, you know, forceful, <laughs> and an interception. It seemed like every chapter was written that way. I mean, the one thing about Ike, I mean, Ike will tell you, man, when you when you make a plays on the field and just causing havoc on the field is important to me. Like everybody wants to have all these tackles and as a linebacker, that's what you're known for. But one thing about me is I feel like if I give my team more opportunities uh, to get the ball, we get more opportunities to win. So that's what like, I, I, I always wanted to get way more turnovers than when it came to tackles. Like I can have three tackles in a game, but if I have two picks in a, in a, a fumble, Man, I feel like that's an awesome game to be. You know, somebody like, oh, you only had two tackles. All right, well, like I gave my my team back the ball three times. You know what I'm saying? I think that's more important than playmaker. Time. You was a playmaker, Shake. It's, it's it's guys who play football. It's guys who like to pat stats. But for you, you was a you was a playmaker, and and, and, and your kind don't come around too often. So I look at Troy Polamalu's. I looked at you. Um, who else? I looked at the Casey Hampton. The, the James Harrison, like them guys, like I, I was fortunate enough to play with y'all guys. So I was real fortunate to play with some some Hall of Fame and some greats. But yeah, y'all, you you and Troy, because y'all always playmakers, y'all don't come around 
too often. So to, to believe it or not, you know, we call y'all guys like Michael Jackson and call us the Jackson Five. Like <laughs> we know y'all coattail. So say, you know what I'm saying? So no, I always say all that. I always say all that. Nah, nah, you say you know, you know, just as a young buck, we already told you you was the one. It, 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 you see it. it as soon as you as soon as you stepped on the field, as soon as you came into the locker locker room, we like okay, he the one, he the one. And ain't no, oh let's see when he's gonna fight for this starting position. Nah, like Shay 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 the one. So all you did was verify when you got on the field what you was doing. Yeah, and you said exactly right. Like you weren't worrying about no tackles. You was like, how can I make a play? You know what I'm saying. But now you're doing. You, you did everything you needed to do on the field. And the situation that happened with you and your injury, you're making even more plays yeah. off the field. And we're going to talk about that. But let's 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 get into it. Um, Mr. Larry Platt, can we get your side on working with Shazir? How long did it take y'all to, to get this to get this uh, project together? So, first of all, thanks for having me. And I love the the trash talk between you two. Um, <laughs> They started. I, I, I could listen to that all day. Um, uh, and I'll also say about being a playmaker, one of the more, for me as a fan, one of the more interesting things in the book is when Ryan talks about um, how that is purposeful, how that, how you, he, he would practice creating turnovers and actually practice outrunning a runner so that he can uh, get the angle to try and shake the ball loose. Um, the, the degree to which uh, turnover, I think most fans don't realize the degree to which turnovers uh, aren't always accidents, that you can cause them, uh, and that, that that requires practice. I thought that was fascinating. Anyway, uh, I met Ryan, I guess it was probably, because of the pandemic, It's time is weird, but I think it was, at, it was sometime in 2020, it's the summer of 2019, I think, when we first started talking about a, a book that would chart his comeback. At that point, he was well on the way to, to wanting to come back and play again. Um, and, and the book sort of charts that process, and it came very close to happening, and we can get into that. Um, but we met, and what I loved was, uh, and it's very similar to my book with Stuart Scott, the late ESPN sportscaster, who the first time we we met, uh, Ryan said, I don't want this to just be a book about football. I want it to be a book about overcoming adversity. And that's ex that's almost exactly what Stuart said to me the first time I met him. And, th and that's that's he didn't want it to be a sports memoir. He wanted it to be about how you how how dealing with cancer was like an actual blessing in some ways. Uh, and so I, I felt immediately like this had great, the story was needed. Um, and then, and then we just started working on it and, and there's plenty of great football stuff in the book, but it, the, the theme is really, how do you, how do you handle what's the cards that are dealt with you? And how did the two of you establish the trust in one another? Like at what point in the process was it like, for both of you where it's like, I can really trust Larry to be able to help convey the story. For me, for me, it's, it's, it's two things. I'm a very trustworthy person, which is a like, it's almost a fault for me. But then also I was able to be able to, dip, I was able to spend time with Larry. And while we were talking, I can just tell 
uh, as I was telling my story that how interested he was and how he was able to just read back my story and make me feel as if he was me. And when we were talking, it just made me feel comfortable telling my story to him. Uh, but, and, but me also being a trustworthy person helped me a lot when it came to talking to Larry. Yeah, I think the, the the process, I told Ryan when we first met, it's a really intimate process, right? Because my job is to get inside your head and and actually, like, I know that I'm on top of the story when I'm in the shower thinking about it and I'm thinking in tr- not as myself, but as this other person. Uh, and that requires hours of talk. And we had a number of one-on-ones, hour, multiple hours together in Pittsburgh, uh, and then the pandemic hit. And then from then on, it was Zoom or, or over the phone. But but I think, uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's just time. It's just spending time together. And, and uh, Ryan is uh, dis- despite his um, the ferocious way he plays played on the football field. He's an incredibly open and generous and sweet guy. So it was easy to, to spend time with him and 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 delve into his mindset. Mr. Larry, I got a question because I, I just want to go real in depth with you with this one. I just want to pick your brain. So when, at what particular stage when you and Ryan was together and y'all spent all these hours together and talking and going back and forth, at what particular time were you like, where did you put yourself as Ryan Shazier? Like, okay, I'm Ryan Shazier now. I feel exactly how you feel. I get his thoughts. I get what he's thinking. It's it, it it it's a gradual process. So there's no aha moment. But I know I remember when I started writing, um, there were times when I would recognize it as my voice and not and not Ryan's. And so you go back and you try and channel. One of the things I did is tape every conversation that we had and then I transcribe it. So I'm always hearing his voice. And I think that's critical uh, that you this has to be he's a very real person this has to be authentically his voice and i'm just there to channel it and put it in order in a, in storytelling order and so it's a gradual process it mostly happens in the actual writing uh there are sentences where i s- stop and say oh wait snap ryan wouldn't say that uh he'd say it this way you know and and that that's the product of time uh spent together hey shay when at, when was it at a particular time with you shay when you was like Okay, I, I really trust and I can open up to Mr. Larry Platt. Uh it, it it was crazy because at first, when I first started talking to Larry, it was just like I'm just filling him out. And I understood that he was gonna be somebody that was writing my book. But as he would we would be talking and we'll spend time and time and 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 this is how I knew I could really trust Larry. You know, a lot of times when people have things planned, it would be like, or oh, we have this plan out for 30 minutes. We have this plan out for 15 minutes or an hour. Like me and Larry would have like two hours planned and Larry would be fine going two hours more. And it, it showed me that it wasn't a job to him. It was like, he really cared about this story. He really wanted it to be exactly how both of us wanted it. We He really felt like this was his baby. And when, and to me, I felt like, it was my baby too. So us, we had to work on this together to make it, it be exactly how we wanted it to be. And as we continue to spend time with each other, just his dedication of 
you know, constantly I always put it in and Tom put it in because it would be times where I, I would have to get ready to run. And Larry's like, man, we got to we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. And it, it showed me like, hey, like this really matters, you know, and and that's 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 how I continue to start trusting him. For sure, right? Mr. Larry, I'm sure you work with a lot of greats writing books. You work with some high profile people. Um, in your mind, just your own opinion, what separated uh, Ryan from from others that you work with? Well, first of all, the arc of his story, it's not just the injury uh, and the road back from that. It's a lifetime of overcoming challenges to achieve dreams. I mean, there was the diagnosis of alopecia as a kid. There was the diagnosis of scoliosis in high school in which they told him he'd never play football again. And he figured out a way. So he's and then paralysis. uh, He figured out a way. Uh, there to to almost play again, to walk again. I mean, so it's the it was the it's the arc of that story. And his doctor uh, said something to me that I'll never forget, which was that. And this is a big time uh, doc at UPMC. Uh, and he said, "I've never had a patient who smiles more than Ryan." Uh, no matter what the situation, you walk into his room and there's a big smile. And I, I, I believe, and I think the book shows that that's that attitude is why he's walking uh, today and living the life he's living today. I mean, I, I truly believe shade things happen for a reason. For me, you've been very motivational off of what you've been through, but then you. If you just look at it, it's a reason why things happen. It's a reason why it's a reason why you came out with this book, The Walking Miracle, because you truly are a walking miracle. You know, when you talk about alopecia as a kid, <clears throat> as a kid, a, a disease, when you talk about scoliosis um, and, and the doctor say you can't play, when you talk about what happened with you on the field playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for me, it's like, dang, he always doing what they say he can't do. Oh, he always beating the odds. And... and People really wouldn't have known this without one when they read this book or me reading this book, but you're bigger than football and you're, you're bigger than what people think you are. So yeah, things do happen for a reason, Shay, but I just personally want to tell you like, bro, you always inspired me always. Like every time I'm feeling like a little down, I'm like, I look at Shay on Instagram. I'm like, okay, if Shay can do it, I better, I better do it. I better do it. But just look, just reading your story and looking at your story, bro, like you've always been somebody who's overcame, you know, this way before football, way before football, since a kid, you always been that person. So, bro, keep, keep motivating. I just had to get that off my chest. So keep motivating and inspiring, bro. No, thank you. Thank you. It, it, what's crazy is like, and I, I used to tell Larry this, like one thing that, helped me become, you know, a great football player, even, you know, stay like positive and push through situations like this is just time with like y'all time with the people that were great at their job and, and people that became, you know, hall of famers and, and greats. Like to me, like you're great in the still his eyes, but to me, you're great in my eyes too, because it would be times where Larry, me and Ike will be doing something <laughs> and most people ain't getting back up until 12 a.m. I mean, 12 p.m. I up at 6 a.m. working out, 
He's like, man, how's this? How does this guy have this type of energy? And but it just showed me like work ethic that people have, and it, it showed me like, hey, man, if somebody like Ike can get up and have a great time at night, but still get on the grind in the morning, it showed me that no matter what you're dealing with, like you can be having fun and then you gonna have a terrible morning, or you can be having a terrible night and then you have to still get up in the morning. It showed me that you know, like the greats, the people that are awesome at their jobs, awesome at what they do and, and where they want to be at, this is the effort that they had to put in. And that's the type of, like, that's the type of stuff I think about when it comes to like, when it came to rehab and when it came to like, just working even before I got hurt. And that's kind of how I got that type of mindset. Your book talks about the impacts that your family had on you and just the support system that you had around you what are some of the things that they gave you that make you who you are? So my mom definitely gives me uh positive thinking. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like my mom, like you guys think I'm positive. My mom is very positive. It's like, because every time something where uh, something will occur something wrong will happen, she'll be like, we got this, you overcoming it. Like me and my mom are always like glass half full type of people. Like always like then my dad and my brother are like, like glass have not not I'm not gonna say glass have empty, but they they look at things for what they are. They're like, all right, this is a bad situation, and uh, <laughs> I, like we're gonna get through it. But it's uh, like I don't know. My mom is like, this is the situation. We're getting through it. I don't care what's going on. What's going on? We're gonna figure out a way. Like my dad always grind through the situation, but he's seen it for what it is. So like I got my work ethic from my dad. But I just got like my my mentality of like how I think about situations from my mom, and my my wife hates it because like every situation we get in, like she'll get in an argument with somebody. I'm like Michelle, don't worry about it. Like they're having a bad day, just keep on moving. And then it's like or like even like like something bad will happen, and I'm like Michelle, it's fine. Like we'll we'll figure it out. You know, God got us. Like we just keep keep working hard, and it's gonna go in our favor. Michelle, like. It doesn't work like that. I'm like, well, it's worked like that my whole life. I'm going to keep moving like that. And, but, well, my dad is kind of how my wife is. And they're both like, this is how the situation is. And we need to focus on the situation at hand. And, you know, so I think I got my work ethic from my, my father because my dad is a very hard worker. And then I got just my mentality of how I think about this positivity in, in every situation for my mom. Shay, when, in, in your mind, Shay, when did you decide like football ain't me? Like I, I tried, I gave everything I had in my rehab, but I'm gonna fall back on football. When did you get to that point? Or when was that point? So I retired last year. So right before I retired, um, I was constantly rehabbing and thinking about it. And then I just seen where I was at in my rehab. And I felt like I could definitely get back. If I would have stayed rehabbing as much as I was rehabbing in the beginning, I think I would definitely been able to get back to the field. But to me, like I wanted to be a Hall of Famer and I wanted to display a style of football. And and I don't feel that I was going to be able to display that when I came back. I would have been, a, I would have been able to play football. I probably would have been still good, but everybody remembered Ryan as a certain way. And this, Ike knows this saying, and right. I think Larry knows the saying, you are who you put on tape. So like, so the thing is, everybody can look at you as like, man, Ryan was one of the greatest players to ever play, but then you can get back out there. And if you don't have the same, if I didn't have the same abilities that I had before, and I, I could be a step behind or 
you know, not the same guy. I didn't want to go out there. Then guys go from saying Ryan is one of the best I've ever seen to we need to get Ryan off this damn field. <laughs> you know, so like I, I just to me, it was it was more of it was more of I just didn't feel like I was going to be at the same level that I once was. And then I didn't I don't it would be hard for me to play knowing that I can't do some of the things that I like I imagine myself doing. Shay, what you what you got going on now? I see you got a podcast, a few charity events. Um, I see you staying very active in your community. I, I see you just being busy and being movie, man. So why don't you give the people, tell the people exactly what you got going on and what you got coming up? Yeah, so yeah, I, I've definitely been a, a, a little busy, but uh, so uh, obviously we have Walking Miracle coming out, which I'm really excited about. It's my book that me and Larry wrote together. I think this book can really fit anybody. Uh, then I also do uh, a, a series with UPMC, the hospital that helped me. Um, it's, it's something called 50 Phenoms. It's basically talking to people that have gone through life-changing events like myself. But uh, a lot, and then we talk about how they overcame that adversity like I once was. And it, it shows people no matter what you've been through that you can, you can overcome it. Uh, I'm on a podcast on the Ringer uh, Network. Uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Then I then I started a trucking company. Uh, so I started a trucking company, and, uh, and so we move cars all across the country. And uh, right now we have a car, you know, going from South Carolina to Florida, and we're all yeah, over my- the country. So, so I'm really excited about that. Hey, Mr. Larry, um, I see Ryan getting that money. Um, I see you got a lot of stuff going on. That money's still flowing in for Chase. Still- <laughs> Mr. Larry, what you what you got what you got going on? What, what's your upcoming events? Talk to us about what you got going. Oh well, thanks. Uh, so so the big part is the the book coming out this month, which which like Ryan, I'm really excited about. And then I've started a nonprofit in Philadelphia called the Philadelphia Citizen that tries to bring back citizenship, which has been lost in this country for the last uh, uh, five years or so, uh, and. Working on a proposal for a, for another book. Um, I, I can't talk about it yet, except right. to say it's a, a, a really also a very inspiring story of a, a returning citizen who uh, spent 23 years in jail for murder and is now in uh, Virginia changing his uh, community for the better. And it's a it's 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 a re- it's a beautiful redemption story. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ryan, I've got to go back to one thing you said earlier about being at the UMPC Rooney Sports Complex early in the mornings. You'd see Ike there in the book. You talk about seeing Coach Tomlin there. Was there a conversation you had with Coach Mike Tomlin that was most memorable to you during those early mornings? We had so many, you know, memorable conversations. And and I would tell you, my rookie year, when I when I got drafted, so you know most guys when they get drafted, you know they have to like earn their starting spot, and and so I remember we looked at the depth chart, and I was I looked at the depth chart. It was like yeah, the starting linebacker and he's calling the plays is Ryan, and I'm like I don't even know the plays. How am I calling the plays? <laughs> you know, so but so so I used to I had, I, used, I had to start going in there early and start learning things, and as I started getting older. Um, I started going really early in the mornings and in, the, in those early mornings, me and coach Tomlin would spend a lot of time talking and it was more about just where he's seen the defense. And one of the things that was really memorable to me from coach Tomlin was like, Hey Ryan, you're a good enough player 
and you you call the offense. Basically, I mean, you call the defense. Basically, you're like Ben out there on field. And he said, and I told him like, these are my goals. He was like, Ryan, if you if you have full control of the defense, if you put the defense in the best situations for the defense to win, everything that you want to accomplish is going to happen. And, 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 you know, like most people was like, how does that make sense? But to me, it really made me think about like coaches like Ryan, if you really think about your teammates and just think about putting all of them in, in position to make plays, like your plays are going to come. Because he like basically was saying like on off defense, you're always basically reacting off of what the offense does. So I have to re- react and put my teammates in situations, you know, that I feel like they can win. Like, I remember it was one time Bud Dupree was guarding Tyreek Hill. That's not a winning situation, you know? So, basically, I had to pit Bud back in the coverage, I mean, Bud back into the rush and figure out somebody else to guard Tyreek Hill. Bud hits, you know, Bud hits Alex Smith. Alex Smith hits the ball up in the air and the pick falls in my hand, you know? So, it's just, like, little things like that. Coach always told me, try to put your teammates in good position and your plays will come. But then he also just told me, Ryan, like it was, it came to film. So many people, when they watch film, they stop the film. They stop the film. They stop the film. And I could tell you this too. They stop the film when they're watching it. And Coach Tomlin just let it flow. And he was like, Ryan, like you will notice when something important pops up to you if you just let it flow. And and I was like, I was like, man, how does that make sense? But then I started doing it, and then you start seeing who's the playmakers, what are things they're constantly doing on a consistent basis. And it really just made me get in a position to start start making plays, but also just deal with the situation that's presented itself because you don't get to pause your life. You know, most people, you're so used to pausing on film because, like, let me see exactly what they're doing. But in life or in the game, if something's happening, you can't pause it. You can't pause the play. You have to react and adjust on what you see in that moment. And that's some of the biggest things that I kind of learned from Coach. Yeah, the chess match of all of it. As we start to wrap up here, I just want to say the line that really stuck out to me, and Larry, I think you did a great job of documenting Ryan's journey, both at the Ohio State and then at the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it was a line from Coach Urban Meyer's book talking about the culture and how a great culture can make even a mediocre strategy effective, but a weak culture can undermine even the best strategy And that to me was one of my big takeaways from the book, because that applies to any walk of life. Yeah. And, and I I will say, uh, and Ryan can speak to this. um, I I was just a couple of weeks ago with uh, a couple of Philadelphia Eagles. We were out and I was telling these guys about the book and about Ryan and they were stunned at how the Steelers stood by Ryan, and it's more than stood by him, uh, embraced him uh, and kept him as part of the team. That's and that speaks to your point about culture. That is not done in the in, in the NFL or or any league for that matter. You're it's 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 always it, the stakes are so high. It's always next man up. Right. Um, and and the sensitivity that that organization showed. Uh, it, I hope that comes across in the book because. I know other players uh, were 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 really impressed by that. And Ryan, you could talk more about about the specifics of that. But but it it flew it blows a lot of people away. I think. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. So I'm sorry. I would like to say this: the 
we're very proudful, and I think Ryan can co-sign this yeah. to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. Because <clears throat> because of the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles or another organization or guys who play with other organizations that have came to the Pittsburgh Steelers like, okay, we see why y'all win. We see why it's different. But the fact from looking from outside in and you see an organization honor his contract for a couple of years later and still stick by his side for a couple of years later, that says a lot about how we feel about our organization. And again, it says a lot about how the organization feels about their players. You know, so that's what I saw in the book. But just from looking at it from afar, um, I'm glad you did say that because I always hold my head high on when I say I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler because I know how the organization treats his players. And I'm sure Ryan Shazier feels the same way. I didn't mean to cut you off, Shay Shay, but yeah. my bad, bro. You can talk. No, I'm no, no. I, I feel the same exact way. Like, I get on all like on my podcast, we, you know, we talk about the NFL every week. And they call me a homer. And it's like, how can I not be a homer? You know, like I, like the way they treated me and the way that they treat their their, their, their players, it, they treat them like family. It's a lot of guys that play at other teams in the league and you're just another commodity out there. And I don't feel like that's the – I don't feel like that's how it is in Pittsburgh. So, for me, I, I feel like as a family, I'm still really close to a lot of – the, the you know the executive team I'm still close with a lot of the players on the team and me and coach Tomlin have a relationship me and Mr. Rooney have a relationship me and Kevin Cobra has a relationship and it, for me you know it, it was more important than just playing football there like I it, it was really family like they Mr. Rooney knows my kids names like both of my kids and one of them don't even stay in Pittsburgh that he doesn't even see that often and that shows you that you know it's important, like their, their their players are important to them, and and that's why you know, I'm, I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad to be part of this organization. And, just, and one of the, just, uh, the the Kevin Colbert, the GM, went to your hospital room when you were paralyzed to ask you how you would feel if they drafted a linebacker. Like yeah. that is beyond the pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Obviously, uh, I couldn't say uh, yeah. Don't draft one, but <laughs> but uh, but it just the, the, but the fact that you know he 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 knew that like Ryan, I, I would be in there spending time with them. I would you know just talk to them about how I was feeling and just how hard I was working. But just to say, hey Ryan, like I mean, you was a big part in this organization. But I'm just letting you know that we're about to get ready to draft a linebacker, and I just wanted to make sure that you're you're all right. You know, and I think that's important because a lot of teams would be like, oh, Ryan's hurt. Oh, we're going to go get somebody else. You know, the, and the same thing Aaron Rodgers was asking for his organization. It, if y'all going to draft the QB, can y'all at least give me a heads up? And yeah. Aaron Rodgers will be a future Hall of Famer. Ryan Shazier got that same treatment, treatment, and he wasn't a quarterback. But the fact that he said he had Mr. Rooney, Speed Dial, who was the owner, Coach T, Hall of Fame coach. And Kevin Cope, who was soon to be, whenever he retired, Hall of Fame GM. When you have them guys on speed dial and you have good relationships with them three guys, that says a lot about you, Ryan Shazier, and what you meant not only as a player but as a person to the organization. No, nah, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I kind of – I learned – this is something I learned from my dad, but I also learned this from Ike. You know, to me, it's just about networking and just spending time with people, you know. And and it, and I wasn't spending time with them like, oh, let me get to know the owner. No, it's just, 
you know, I'm like, I just like to know everybody that I'm spending time with, everybody I'm dealing with. And and Ike was Ike knows everybody there very well too. He's very close to everybody there too. And and I just, you know, spent time a lot of time with Ike, but I also spent time with Mr. Rooney. I spent time with Kevin Colbert. I spent every morning with Coach T. You know, so it's, to me, like my dad always said, you know, building a network is more important than just, you know, sometimes the the event itself. And to me, I just always wanted to build a network of people that I trust, but also feel comfortable with. And I feel like if it's a situation, they can trust me and know that I'll be there for them, too. We're burying the lead here for the next generation. What kind of endeavors are RJ and Lion pursuing, Ryan? <laughs> so what endeavors? Uh, Lion is two. So uh, he he has the whole world at his hands. And then RJ is seven. He turns seven on tomorrow. Yeah, he turns seven tomorrow. Okay. So, yeah, he turns seven tomorrow. And he's uh, he's running track right now. Uh, he loves Sonic. And then he just asked me for a PS5. So I don't know if he's going to get it, but we're going to see. <laughs> what a dad. I'm sure he's been a good kid and you don't want to get him a PS5. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a, oh, no, man. He asked for a PS5 and a phone in the same birthday. Like, come on, he's seven. I mean, your pockets ain't nothing small about your pockets, bro. He got it. Hey, 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 hey you have to teach them hard work in 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 uh. You got to teach them hard work and patience, man. I'm sure. I'm sure he makes good grades. I'm sure he's. A- <laughs> so it's all good. Just, just let him. Let him you trying to put the man through the Flintstone era, <laughs> the man. I'm gonna take care of him. Ike, we're in the Jetsons now. Yeah, he's trying to he trying to ask the man to walk around barefoot in school and stuff and all that all that stuff. No, man, go ahead and get that man what he deserves. Hey, no, hey, hey, Christmas is uh, not even a, a month away right now. I, it, it's he, not his fault that y'all had him around Christmas time, bro. Hey, hey he get PS Five for Christmas, phone for his <laughs> birthday. Hey, there we go. <laughs> for sure, no. Well, hey, but Ryan. look. Up. You can take off. You can take off, Mark. I was going to say, Ryan and Larry, this has been fantastic. And Ryan, tell the head honcho over at the ringer. Steelers are going to take care of business against the Patriots come playoff time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I definitely let them know. I definitely let them know. Hey, I want to thank, uh, man, first of all, I want to thank Ryan Dean Shazier for coming on the show. Um, thanks for giving us time and to believe in Steelers podcast for giving us the time. Um, love you, bro. Miss you, bro. Uh, keep inspiring because you really do inspire from a, from a distance. Um, you're touching a lot of people um, as well as myself. And they say age, and I like to say this, age ain't got nothing to do with being a leader. And by nature, bro, you just a, you just a natural leader. You know, just because I'm older than you, that don't mean you can't lead. And you've been leading since you stepped in the building. So keep inspiring, keep leading. Mr. Larry, man, appreciate meeting you. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, we'll tune in to what you got going on next. Uh, thanks for sitting side by side with Ryan, spending countless hours getting to know, getting to meet Ryan. Um, you figured out a side that I haven't figured out yet because of how long y'all took. So I'm kind of jealous and upset and mad. Um, but yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing, Mr. Larry. Want to thank the Bet Online for sponsoring this show uh, since day one. Got to thank my dog Mark, my co-host. That's that's my dog. I'm gonna ride with him. Uh, Miss Courtney at Brinks TV, huh? Her crew. Want to appreciate y'all. So. Man, usually Mark says this. I just like to say it before Mark and I say my piece out. But I want to thank you two guys, man, for coming on the show. Mark, take off. (laughs) Let's thank you again. And Walking Miracle due out on November the 30th. 
Ike, I think you took care of the sign-off, so I'll go ahead and sign off for all of us here. For Ryan Shazier, Larry Platt, and Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you next week. Take care. So long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.